Hey, I got a quick message for every fan base that just assumed they were going to be going all in on Manny Machado this upcoming offseason. Better get plan B. Meanwhile, plan A today should be listening to Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. Let's get it started. You are Locked On MLB. Your daily MLB podcast. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Hello, baseball fans, and welcome to the Locked On MLB, Locked On Diamondbacks crossover. This is the podcast where we talk about all of Major League Baseball, and once a week we get together and have a two-person chat about it. I am your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. Please call me Sully. I am an Emmy-nominated television producer who has been a baseball podcaster for over a decade and has been part of the Lockdown Podcast Network for the last five seasons. It really is your team every day. And hey, let's just pretend your team is the Arizona Diamondbacks. And boy, oh boy, do I have the podcast host for you right over there. Mystery guest, sign in, please. Yeah, you're probably wishing your team was the Arizona Diamondbacks because they're going to be making some noise this season because I'm Miller Thomas, host of the Locked on Diamondbacks podcast. You can catch me wherever you stream podcasts. Follow me on Twitter, my personal account, at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account, Locked on Diamondbacks, both Twitter, Instagram. Just type in the little search bar. And please hit subscribe on the Locked on Diamondbacks YouTube channel. Yeah, and you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter. Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. You know, I look up and I wonder again. I've said it before. I said it again. How could small market teams like the Cubs or the Red Sox compete with the big boys like San Diego? You yeah. know what? They just can't. They're just. It's such a deep pocketed organization. Look at. There has been some weird criticism. Like, as I mentioned uh, last week, that the uh, the buffoon named Rob Manfred, who dares to call himself the commissioner of baseball and is actually making me nostalgic for Bud Selig. I didn't think that was physically possible. And he has been saying that, oh, I don't think this Padres situation is sustainable, i.e. they're spending too much money. And people are getting on the Mets for spending too much money. Guess what? That's what these owners are supposed to do. Mm-hmm. The Mets are not the problem. The Padres are not the problem. Do you know what they are? They're the solution. Make your team better. The problem is a team like Cleveland. I'll constantly point to them. Yes. They have one of the wealthiest owners in all of sports. They're a playoff team. That's the playoff team two of the last three years. Granted, one of them was the COVID year. But then before that, they were a playoff team in 18. 17, 16, 13. They've been a bunch of playoff teams. They have a microscopic payroll. They're paying their players in built bars at this point. And I won't get into that ad read right now. But you're looking up and saying, like, if they had a mediocre payroll, this would be a legitimate pennant contender. Meanwhile, the Padres, as we, as we noted, not the biggest region you'll ever see. Yes, they do have a lot of money coming in from other sources, but guess what? They're spending it. They're making their product better. Yes. And and not just for a let's roll the dice in one year. Bogarts is going to be there for a bunch of years. 
Darvish yep. is going to be there for a bunch of years. They're working to make sure Soto stays there for a bunch of years. And now Manny Machado is going to spend, you know, presumably the rest of his, you know, maybe at the end he'll have one season where he plays for the Rays. But, you know, like all of his best seasons moving forward are going to be in San Diego. And there's who are the look at the level of the players that they're signing. You know, this isn't sorry, White Sox, but this isn't signing Andrew Benintendi to a long-term deal. These are wow. signing potential MVP candidates to long-term deals. What a stray. And, uh, yeah, this is uh, Manny, Manny Machado, Xander Bogarts, Juan Soto, Fernando Tatis Jr., you Darvish. These are, these are players who are all going to be teammates for the next bunch of years. In other words... You can get emotionally attached to this team, San Diego, because they're sticking around. Yeah. Also, Joe Musgrove's under contract till 2027. Like the core of your best players is locked up if you're the San Diego Padres. If you're a San Diego Padres fan, like I'm waking up feeling good today. Like you said, my level of investment in this team, I know what I'm getting for the next seven to 10 years of my life. I'm going to watch some of the best players in Major League Baseball on my team in Petco Park competing. Like the Padres have a ready made core now for the next half decade to decade plus. And yes, you can still talk about long term contracts and how they're going to be an albatross on the back end. But guess what? We can get all these players in their prime for the next five years. None of yeah. that matters. You're going to have a chance to compete for a World Series year in and year out. And I don't know why more teams don't try and do this. It'll take one title to make all this worth it. I keep looking at what they did with Washington with, you know, using two straight number one picks to give them Strasburg and Harper. And, you know, they've invested in some of the big signings. The biggest one, of course, one of the greatest free agent signings of all time was the signing of Max Scherzer. When you look at what in that period of time, the production he had as a member of the Washington Nationals, um, that run they had with that one World Series title, it happened to be right at the end, but that one World Series title made that, justify that entire decade. Mm-hmm. The entire decade, you can look at it. They went to the playoffs year in, year out, winning the, the first World Series title for a Washington, D.C. team since 1924. If you looked at this round, at this, at this particular club, and they win just one World Series, just one, it doesn't matter. I don't want to hear anything about the bad contracts at the end because you could look at them and say, like, hey, guess what? The Padres are a, have a World Series champion. They've been around since 1969. I'm 50 years old. They've never won a World Series in my lifetime or in anybody's lifetime. But the, the Padres have existed my whole life, and they've never won at all. To say, like, would it be worth it to have some bad contracts at the end if there's a championship at some point, the answer is, of course, yes. Mm-hmm. Of course, yes. And you know, when you take a team off the schneid like that, whether it's a short burst, like what happened with Kansas City, or a sustained burst of what happened with the San Francisco Giants winning those three titles, you think anyone cares that some of them overpaid some of those players that, oh, man, they're still paying for Marco Scudero? Who cares if they deliver a title? And do you want... More teams should be doing it. Think about the run. Think about the run that Cleveland had in the 1990s, where year in and year out they were in there. If but that whole that whole run has this sense of ooh, so close, so close. 
you know, if they had gotten the final two outs in the 1997 World Series when they had the lead in the ninth bottom of the ninth inning of Game Seven, you know, that would be looked upon as a great run. Once you get a team off the Schneid, it changes kind of the perception and feel for that fan base, and San Diego knows that. And so, yeah, this, not all these contracts are going to be great at the end. No kidding. But wouldn't you rather have their prime years? It's not like they're signing these guys when they're 33, 34 years old. I made a big stink when the Angels signed Albert Pujols, mainly because I thought, wow, he's already 30. You're expecting him to be this great for a long period of time? But even then, I understood to a degree what the Angels were doing, which was, we got to get something to kickstart this team. Little did they know they had Mike Trout waiting in the wings. But who knows what Trout would have been if he didn't have Pujols there to take some of the pressure off of him. I don't know, neither do you, but this whole thing is revolving around one single title with the San Diego Padres. And if they do that, then everything else is just just window dressing. Yeah, and the best part of it is you opened up a championship window where it's now now they have Manny Machado under contract. Everyone else is under contract. You just got to get Soto under contract, and that seems like it's going to be likely. This is not going to be now a one-year championship window where you have the, oh, I don't know if Manny Machado is coming back next season. Now you know you can really build this thing out. You know the team, the core you're going to have in place, and now you can just build the infrastructure around the core pieces you have here. And guess what? Over the next two to three to four to five years, if some of these pieces don't work, if some and gets unhappy you have so much talent on your roster you can you know what you can trade a Juan Soto away you could trade a Machado or Bogart to Tatis four to five years from now if it's not working out any longer for the team and retool this whole thing and get assets back just because these guys are signed to long-term deals right now doesn't mean they're going to be with the franchise for the rest of their career Giancarlo Stan signed that long-term deal with the Miami Marlins and not too soon after that they traded him away to the New York Yankees. We see it all the time in Major League Baseball. So even though these contracts are long-term right now and they seem locked in with the franchise, there's still things that could go already sometime down the road where maybe the Padres want to retool this thing and trade some pieces away because maybe these guys start getting injured. Maybe there's some bad luck goes the Padres away a few years from now, so you got to rechange it. But in terms of being a fan, what I want to see from my owners, like I want to see them, like you said, spend money on the product on the field. The problem with owners in baseball, too many of them claim small markets when they're just being cheap. These values of MLB franchises, you look at it from 10 years ago to now, have basically tripled in valuation. Ken Kendrick, the D-backs owner, I think paid like $300 million for the D-backs. If he sold them right now, they'll go for like $1.2 billion. So whenever a team claims small market, it's not true. The inflation of these teams have gone up. And also, you just look at a team like the New York Mets. They were one of the cheapest teams in Major League Baseball when they had the Wilpons because the Wilpons got their money stolen from Bernie Madoff. As soon as you bring in Stephen Cohen, guess what? They're not a small market team anymore. They can go out there and spend money. So we need more owners like Stephen Cohen. If you can't go out there and put the best product on the field, you should not own a Major League Baseball team. Sports owners are made for the big boys, dudes who can spend money. And if you're afraid to spend money, then you should not own a Major League product. Baseball, basketball, football, it doesn't matter. You're just here to flip the product, the team that you buy, for more money down the line, then you're in it for the wrong reasons. We should have owners that are only here for the long-term outlook of the sport, for the team, and for the fans. And I like what you pointed out. This wouldn't be a situation like the Marlins of 1997. keep bringing up the 1997 World Series here. But the Marlins won that year, and they basically went for one year. 
They just pushed every the, the chips in the center of the table. And by the time the parade was done, the team had been totally broken up. If you're a San Diego fan, you know that at least for the next few years, and, and this is no small thing, you can get attached to some of these players. I saw when it happened in with the Yankees. I saw it happen with the Giants. I've seen it happen here in L.A. When you have at least some of the players around long enough for people to get to know them, get to root mm-hmm. for them. Because part of rooting for a baseball team over 162 games is they – I don't like to use this term too loosely, but they're almost like they're your friends. They're almost like they're the people that you're, I'm going to hang out with this group of people for an hour or two a day. And, you know, you get to, you get to know the ins and outs of a team. And when you can have players that you get emotionally attached to when you put together a winner, as opposed to we're going to sign a bunch of players who are on the verge of leaving via free agency and you'll barely get to know them when they win. That's not what's happening, what they're trying to do. And yes, this could fail. This could fail in San Diego. It, you know, this, they may not, you know, they may not win a world series, but at least they're trying. At least they're giving it their best shot. Yeah, you want to create basically like an era, a, a point in period that teams and fans could go back to and look at it. Like when you look at the early 2000 Yankees with the Posadas and the Jeters of the world, you look at the mid 2000 Phillies with the Ryan Howards and the Chase Utleys and the Jimmy Rollins. You want to have fans being able to point to different points in their team's history and saying, man, that was a great era for Padres baseball. We were in the conference championship series year to year. League we won a World Series title. League championship series. League, League championship series. Series, you hockey fan. <laughs> League champ. I don't even know what they're called. I just want to call it the conference championship, like football. I feel like it's the easiest, or like basketball. They, you were in the champion, the league championship series. I made it to World Series. I had my core four, my core five of the Darvishes and my my position players. Like I want to be able to point to my time in Padres history. Look at that core and say, man, look at the success we had. See all those fans buying those jerseys during that period of time, and you just want to go back as you get older and be like, man, the nostalgic period of those. Uh, what, what what were we in the 2020s? I forgot what time period we're in. Of those early 2020s Padres baseball teams, man, that was a great time in my life. That's how you keep fans around. That's how you build a new generation of fans because those fathers are going to pass it down to their children, their, father, their sons and daughters, and everything else like that. So I love it when the team has a period they could point to because, like, for D-backs fans, we point to their late 90s, early 2000s when they won the World Series, best period of D-backs baseball. We need another great period of D-backs baseball. It's coming soon with the Corbin Carrolls of the world. So I love that the Padres are doing that with their core and how they extend all their players. And guess what? We will soon be at a brand new era of the greatest protein bar you'll ever have, hey. and that is Built Bar. Now, guess what? Spring is around the corner. You wouldn't know it here in Los Angeles where we're, apparently we're supposed to be grabbing two animals at a time and putting in this big old boat I'm building in my back. But while I'm building my ark and ready to float away, I need to occasionally nourish myself with a built bar they're healthy and they're actually tasty and they're so delicious you wouldn't even think they're good for you what makes built bar so good well for starters they're covered in 100 real chocolate that's right real chocolate and they come in great flavors like churro banana uh banana split i think is one of them peanut butter brownie coconut almond i look at i don't know how built does it they, they taste like a candy bar and they've got great stats amazing macros they're 130 calories per bar, 
four grams of sugar and a whopping 17 grams of protein. Now, you don't have to wait around to get a box anymore. For years, we've been talking about ordering Built Bars at Built.com, but now you can get them at your local Walmart or Sam's Club. That's right. Head to your nearest Walmart today, walk into the pharmacy, and grab yourself a box of Built Bars. You can pick up a four-bar box of cookies and cream, double chocolate, or coconut puffs. If you're close to Sam's Club, run in and grab a 13-bar box with our hit flavors, brownie batter and churro. You can thank me later. Oh, my goodness. Miller Thomas, you know how I love these bars. What do we call them? Built Bars. They're real good. They're real good, yes. Mm. <clears throat> Sorry, I didn't mean to cough right in your ear. Maybe I'll edit that out. Maybe I won't. I haven't figured it out. But I'll tell you something that needs to do a little bit of editing. I know a lot of people who are New York fans, both Yankee and Met fans. Mm-hmm. And they've been talking, especially when Machado said he was going to opt out of his contract. They were talking as if it is a borderline done deal that Machado is going to be heading to New York. The news of Machado opting out suddenly had everybody. Well, obviously. He's Yankee bound. Obviously, he's Mets bound. The Mets have a big spot for him. Yankees will move some things around for him. And he's uh, kind of not there anymore. He's, he's He has signed. Bye-bye. And Rafael Devers, who you thought, I thought, we all thought, we would have gone to FanDuel to throw a bet. Don't, don't, yeah. put, the, don't put the bar on. We're just, it's not FanDuel day. To bet that. Hell, I thought Rafael Devers was going to sign with the Padres because why not? He gone. Why, I thought he not? was gone. He gone. He gone. Or L.A. Or maybe he was going to the Mets. But no, he signed with the Boston Red Sox uh, to the shock of everybody on the planet Earth. Now, with that, suddenly what looked like was going to be a robust free agent class is looking more and more like yikes. This is going to be kind of that bin at Target when you can buy your uh, Christmas decorations around January eighth. The Um, DVD bin for two dollars. Oh yeah! All of a sudden, you pick up a box with like nine movies on it. Like, oh boy! Remember when these used to be something? And look at—I think that you're what you're seeing a lot of the times, and I think you've seen this for the last few years. Is teams are basically saying, "Hey, we're better off." just signing our own star player to a long-term deal because we're not going to replace that production elsewhere. And whoever we get to fill in the spot of this player is probably going to cost us a lot of money anyway. So we might as well just spend it on the player we've got now. And so you're seeing fewer and fewer big name stars are going to be hitting free agency, at least in their prime. You'll have a few exceptions here or there, but the idea of rebuilding your team through free agency, I think is really a thing of the past. And what we're really going to see is you're going to build your team through the farm system, through international signings, through smart trades, through good scouting, and then you kind of fill in the gaps with the free agency. You're not going to get a core player as a free agent, but, you you know, the, the, a Harper or a Machado being available for agency, I think it's going to be a rare occurrence. And now I think you're going to see more and more that it's going to be free agency is going to be to, to fill in the cracks 
for a contending team rather than changing the outlook of a team. Yeah, I mean, we'll see. I mean, we just had this past year's free agent class where it was pretty good, pretty low to its short stops. Um, I think the previous year was pretty good, too. So we'll see about that going forward. I mean, I definitely agree. I think trading might be the best way to just build your team overall just because you look at some of these MLB trades and you're like, how did Mookie Betts get traded for that? How did Nolan Arenado get traded for that? Like, And then you see like a trade for like Dalton Varsho, who I love, but it's like you get one of the best catching prospects in baseball, but somehow the Red Sox or Cardinals or excuse me, or Rockies couldn't get that when they trade away their star players. So it's like baseball trades are just so fluky and random. It's like I think I would be a great GM. I think I would just be fleecing teams. I'll just be standing at like fancy baseball level trades, and then most of the GMs would actually accept it, which is the craziest thing. So maybe trading is the way to go for building out your team, but I still think free agency is going to be pretty pretty viable but sully when you now look ahead to next year's free agent class um not looking as strong now like you said devers i definitely thought devers was going to be a free agent or get traded by the red Sox. shocked to see that he resigned for that massive deal which is even more than this main machado contract extension machado right. of course off the market for next year and he's not coming back anytime soon guys because he has no opt-outs in this new contract yeah. extension he just signed he is in san diego for a while unless you know, unless a trade is made, but yeah, he is, he has, he's buying into San Diego and Miller, have you ever been to San Diego? I've been there a couple times. I was there like yeah. last summer. I love San Diego. It's Went nice. to the Padres game. Yeah. It's beautiful. <laughs> it might be the best stadium I've ever been to. And, and, and as the city goes, it's a, it's a nice place to be a multimillionaire. It's a 10 out of 10 all the way around. Yeah, if San you're, if you're so- like, hmm, man, that's great. I could be a multimillionaire and live here. Oh, yes. this, this, this is not so bad. Not so bad. Yeah. Uh, it, if, if, if my sons are listening to this, please apply to UC San Diego. Daddy will come by and visit you whenever you want. Yeah, we might have to do some live pods uh, in front of Petco Park. Maybe do some lockdown oh, yeah. crossovers in front there. But when you're looking now at uh, next year's class, Sully, uh, the top free agents, like I was saying, not as strong as what we were thinking. It gets pretty thin um, pretty quickly. But, of course, next year's free agent class is being headlined but by possibly the best free agent of all time if the Angels do not resign him in season. Mm-hmm. And that is show. Hey, Otani, whose numbers are probably going to crack the, uh, you know, break the bank or whatever phrase you want to say, because I don't know, his deal's either going to be 10 years and 500 million, or it might be like a 700, or it might be like a seven year deal where he still makes 50 million annually. I think yeah, the annual yeah. money is the money that I care about more than the how long yeah. it is or the total value. I just want to know how much he's going to get annually because if Judge is out here making 40 to 45, and you got other pitchers making around 45, like the Scherzers and Verlanders. I feel like Otani has to be in the 50 to $55 million range annually. And there's no, and, and both because you're getting a pitcher and a hitter. That's, uh, that's so the main reason. You're, you're <laughs> making two players, and you're getting all, you know, you're getting probably all sorts of revenue from, you know, from his fans in Japan. So, you know, that money comes yeah, in. The, the best selling I mean, jersey in sports. Yeah. I mean, you know, I look and I. St- the the landing spots for him, unless someone comes out, like yeah, he is going to be a free agent because I don't, I don't, I'm sorry, locked on Angels. Uh, I don't see the Angels. The, you know, I've had some people say like, oh, the Angels have made this improvement, that improvement. I don't see them as a playoff team. I really don't. And uh, they have to pretty much go to the World Series 
to convince Shohei Otani to stick yeah. around. If he's got a and, smart team around him, you just see what's happened to Trout his whole career, where he's regarded as maybe the best player we've ever seen in the regular season. He literally has the least accomplished resume of any MLB Hall of Famer of all time. Literally, just look at the stats if you don't believe me. Yeah, and I and I'm, you know, if you look up and obviously the Yankees. You know, we say obviously the Yankees, but they so infrequently. I mean, they just signed Rodon and they signed Garrett Cole, but the, them being the obvious landing spot for big free agents really hasn't been the case. You know, the Mets will probably, you know, because they're going to have some money coming off the books in the next couple of years when Scherzer and Verlander's deals comes off, and obviously they're willing to spend all the money in the world. Um, LA has doing some strange things with their payroll. And you think that maybe they'll say, Hey, just stick around in Southern California. You'll be fine. I'm sure the Cubs are going to make a run at them. And then there'll probably be a weird one. Like yeah, you know, the, the Rangers will probably throw their hat into the ring or the Marlins will throw their hat in the ring, but throw their hat in the ring. Like, Hey, we offered them an 11 year deal. It's like, yeah, for 11 million. But, you know, it's a way they can say, Hey fans, we gave it a shot. We, we gave it a shot. We tried. We gave it our best. Yeah, I think, the, I think the better question to me is not which big market teams are going to enter the race because I think we're expecting all the New Yorks and the L.A.s and these East Coast, West Coast empires to enter. I think the better question is, like you said, which of these small market teams are going to enter the race, right? Are we going to see the D-backs go out there and offer like $400 million to the Otanis of the world? We're going to see the Cleveland Guardians with this young team and say, hey, you know what? We need a superstar in the building and we'll make so much more money as a franchise having Otani in our uniform. Or the Minnesota Twins saying, hey, we just committed so much money to Carlos Correa. Let's really be all in on this thing. We gave money to Byron Buxton. Let's add Shohei Otani to this mix and really blow a fuse or like the Baltimore Orioles. We've heard Sully Baseball complaining on the Lockdown MLB podcast that we don't go out there and sign MLB free agents. Oh, and you know what? We got Adley Rushman, who's a super, uh, future superstar. Same with Gunnar Henderson. Let's add a current superstar to the mix in Otani. I don't know how many of these smaller franchises are going to get into the mix for Otani. And to me, that's the real question because I I think everyone in Major League Baseball, I don't care who you are, the Pirates, the Cincinnati Reds, even the Oakland A's, if you're a team with a pulse and an ownership and you care about making money, the best money maker you could bring into your building is Shohei Otani. Yeah, I'll do my ridiculously too early prediction of where okay. he's going to go. I think he's going to go to the Mets. Right now, I think he's going to go to the Mets. <laughs> the Mets empire continues. Yeah, and, and but their empire continues, but they're both, both the Padres and the Mets are two teams that are desperately in need of a World Series title. You know, the Mets have been going around since 86. You know, the Padres have never happened. So this notion of like, oh, there's they're buying up everything. Yeah, because they're basically saying, all right, fan base, we know you needed this title, so we're going to go all out. And if Shohei Otani is available and he could, you know, bring his star to New York. I'm going to go out. I'm going to go out on a crazy limb and say I'm going to go with a team who we don't expect to have big expectations this season. Just let their big time free agent walk. Trade away a couple trade away their big star a couple years ago, but maybe they're doing all that to have the money for this guy. The Boston Red Sox, maybe they get in on the Otani race next season. They just signed a Japanese outfielder. They're building a new culture in Boston. Maybe that's the connection that they want. They just re-signed Devers. They said, you know what? You thought we were done. You thought we were blowing up this whole core, but we're not doing that. We're retooling this core around Rafael Devers. Now you're going to have a Devers-Otani one-two mix in that lineup. Sully, I don't know. 
I, I do know. I don't. I will. Okay. I, you know what? I will go to FanDuel and bet against that. We're not even doing a FanDuel read, but uh, yeah, there we go. Um, hey, uh, we are. What were you? Were you going to say something important? I'm just going to give you a couple more names, real quick. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Go right. Go right ahead. Go right ahead. Yeah, just some quick hitters that could be free agents because it it thins out pretty quickly after Otani. But some good guys, Aaron Ola is going to be a free agent, Julio Urias, Matt Chapman, and if you care about Javier Baez, he might opt out of his deal. Tim Anderson is a club option. Jorge Polanco is a club option, but both of those will probably get picked up for those two players. So really, it gets pretty thin pretty quickly, but Aaron Ola yeah. and Julio Urias are pretty two good free agents, but I think Urias will probably get re-signed by the Dodgers. I think, yeah, I think the Dodgers are going to sign Urias um, and – I don't know. Miller probably gets resigned too by the Phillies. Yeah. I don't think they're going to be Yeah, I don't think he's going to be gone. But I th- I, first, I thought you said Ar- Aranola as from from the Cardinals. No. I, wait, wait, what? You know why? Why are we talking about him? I said, oh no, Aranola, Aranola, Aranola. But you know, again, the, those are those are players who would be good complementary pieces if you already have a core to start filling in. I think the days of Baez being considered a star, he better have a big year yeah, for Detroit this year uh, if he wants to start being called a star anytime soon. Um, but, um, yeah, it's uh, you're going to see a big, huge drop-off in the, in the free agent. Again, there'll be quality players, but not the kind of people you can build a franchise around, but rather, oh, we're on Round the out your roster. Right. So round out the roster. Hey, let's round up this show today. Um, that's Miller Thomas right over there in case you're wondering what he's doing here. Um, we got to see games are being played in spring training and it's that great moment when, you know, I, I, I honestly, there's no microscope that you could find to, um, detect how little I care about the end results of these games. It's just, I like having a game on, you know, Oh, your team won. Yeah, but by the end, they were minor leaguers. The guy number 88 was pitching. Number 94 was at the plate. These aren't real games. You know, it's nice to see the players. It's nice to see players in new uniforms and everything like that. But, you know, I'm not going, come on, drive them in. Let's go. Like, you know, no, it, 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 these are not counting towards the stands. You just want to make sure everyone's, you want, you're mainly seeing if someone's coming back from an injury, do they look healthy? If a pitcher's on there, there were question marks. Is there, you know, is, are the are the pitches snapping off? And if it's the first time, you can kind of say, like, "Oh, what's his name? This guy's trying, you know, trying to win a roster spot. This guy's trying to extend his career by a year." And that's fun to see some people in uniform, you know, like that, especially the ones who are trying to stay alive. But this spring training is adding a brand new wrinkle, and yeah. we saw in a. Uh, uh, a Red Sox Braves game uh, in Northport, Florida. Uh, uh, Cal Conley of the Braves with two outs, bases loaded, full count, uh, tie game, and uh, Conley wasn't ready to hit by the time the pitch clock ran down and he was called out. And because it's a spring training game and you allow for ties in a spring training game, out, that's the end of the game. And a lot of people who, I mean, this is like the first time we're seeing a pitch clock in the major leagues. And there was a lot of people saying, can you imagine 
This was Game Seven of the World Series, and this is blah 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 uh, blah blah blah. Uh, yeah, that's why we. That's why you dust off the cobwebs and get used to things in spring training. Yeah. Okay. Evolution. Is, yeah, it's called. Let's try this new thing out. Uh, I had to when I saw Cal Conley was involved in it. I had to see if he was the Red Sox pitcher or the Braves hitter. I don't know who Cal Conley is. This isn't exactly a rundown of two Titans staring down with a season on the line. This is a game being played in February. So, yeah, it may take a few weeks to get used to the pitch clock. But guess what, folks? Those few weeks are called spring training. And by the time we get to Thanksgiving morning, when it's late November and it's game seven of the World Series this late November, because I think that's how far we push the playoffs now, people will get into the rhythm of, okay, we got to get, you know, get in the box, get the pitcher go to, to be pitching within the pitch clock, you know, instead of stepping out, stepping in, stepping out, stepping in. So, uh, yeah. Uh, I don't have a problem with it. I'm glad it happened in a game on February 24th or 25th, whenever it happened, as opposed to in a playoff game. Thoughts? What do you think about this whole pitch clock situation? I absolutely love the new pitch clock. I see people complaining about it. I never understood why baseball players were allowed to do the Macarena between every pitch because it just Mm -hmm. slowed down the game for no reason. Imagine Pat Mahomes did a set of burpees between every pass. That would basically be the equivalent to what these baseball players are doing because it makes absolutely no sense. And I never understood why they had to go out there and do this whole routine between every pitch. Like, Baseball players now are getting 30 seconds on the pitch clock, right? I believe the batters have to be in the batter's box with eight seconds left on the pitch clock. So you have like 22 seconds to readjust and do whatever. Basketball players, they have 24 seconds on the shot clock. You're telling me within 22 seconds you can't get back into the batter's box and refix your gloves and everything? Basketball teams are running whole plays, having whole sequences in 24 seconds. and, And Baseball players are struggling just to get in the batter's box in 30 seconds, which I think is absolutely ridiculous. We've already seen the effect on these Major League Baseball games. Some of these games have been around two hours and 35 minutes, which is taking like 25 to 30 minutes off regular season games, which which would be absolutely phenomenal. I think the D-backs had two of the longest, two of the three longest games on Saturday. That was because they had like 20 runs and 40 hits combined in both of those games. That's why those games were three hours long. Those games are just three hours and five minutes long. The average pace of play for a normal baseball game. And you had 20 runs and 40 hits in those games. So I think pace of play this season will be greatly affected. I think these games will be flying by and these will be tight major league baseball games, which I'm a fan of. Some people want to be at the ballpark for four to five hours. I don't. I love major league baseball, but I want it to be a part of my day and not the whole day. I want to still be able to do something after a game or before a game. And the fact that I can maybe now go to a ballpark at four o'clock and be out there by 630. I think that's really appealing to me as a fan. Well, it's also sometimes you like your some really great movies are like they're quick to the point. They keep moving. You know, you want yeah. to keep moving. I, I know I keep saying I'm watching a lot of 1970s games on YouTube. It's incredible to see. Here's the pitch to Johnny Bench. 
fouled it off. Rolled back. All right. Gets the sign from Gene Tennis. And here's the pitch. Fouled it off. Like, oh, we got like two pitches within 30 seconds. By the way, I, I'm going to do this right now. I got my I got my 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 electronic phone here. It's my bad. timer set for zero hours, zero minutes and 30 seconds. Now, go. All right. I'm adjusting my gloves. All right. Adjusting my gloves. And oh, I'm the pitcher. I think I need another ball. Here. Throw it back. Back. Oh, quickly. I'm going to run out. Yeah, remember, they got the runner at third. Got it. I'm going to run back. Okay. Let me adjust this. Okay, he's adjusted that. He's got a couple of signs from the third base coach. We still have seven seconds. And now I'm going to get down. And here comes the pitch. Wow. So are you telling me you can't get everything you need to get done for each pitch in that amount of time? I think, by the way, I also think this has a time and running out to talk to the uh, the pitcher, including the manager. No, that's within the 30 seconds. You run out there and run back. You got, That cuts down. Maybe that means you do a couple extra signs. You get the sign from the third base coach doing that. There's plenty of time to do all of that. And in that 30 seconds, that could be brought to you by FanDuel or Built Bar or whatever uh you know, sponsor there is for the game, no free rides. So, yeah. but like, yeah, that's more than enough time to get everything you need done. No more can even do the yeah, but yeah, not the no more's playing over the yabba dabba yabba dabba yabba dabba yabba dabba. No, you still have 15 seconds left. Yeah, so, and we're uh, and we're and we're slowly introducing a little bit more electronic communication as well between these pitchers and catchers where you don't have to go out there and run right. from catcher to pitcher every time to the mound. Now you could just talk to them in your ear and make it so much easier for you. So we see communication be sped up. We're getting quicker to the action between pitchers. Like I don't understand why 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 people are being upset that we're getting more action more efficiently quicker in our face and we're going to see it from the pitch clock we're going to see it with a band of shifts even the bigger bases i know some of them look like pizza boxes but that's going to lead to an increase with the pick, new pickoff rule attempts as well we can only have two pickoff attempts per uh, a plate appearance like we're going to see i think a huge boom in offense i saw a stat the other day where it's like Teams that have a below 240 OBP or something like 10 years ago, there was like maybe one team with below a 240 OBP in the entire Major League Baseball. This past season, there was like 12 teams with a below 240 OBP or something like that. Like we're seeing offense slowly. We talk about the three true outcomes. It's really true. We see offenses in teams across Major League Baseball slowly lead to more strikeouts, less walks and try to hit more home runs. And like that's not a very entertaining way to watch baseball that's not a really fun style to watch we want to see a little bit more chaos on the bases we want to just see more action overall just just sometimes even small ball baseball where there's just a runner on second maybe hit a single to right field now the guy's going from second to home or going from first to third something like that we just want to see a little more a little bit more chaos because it was getting a little too free uh, a little bit too rigid with how the game was playing before it was getting too templated i think yeah and there's and you got fewer highlight plays because there was no highlight play if the ball's hit right to the, where the person's positioned. You know, that's not a highlight yeah. play. I don't and, want to see defense. Who cares? But also, if I'm going to see defense, I want to see someone making a dive for it. You yeah. know, I want to see – I like first to third. Base hit to right field, got you right from first to third. I like, you know, get taking that extra base. I like a runner on first base, and you know they're going to go. 
instead of saying, well, you know, statistically, it's not very worth the risk. I don't care. I'm not here for let's watch the safest statistical account. Like, no, I want us to have something fun. Yeah, got- bring back. Yeah, well, let's see more high variance players like Juan Pierre. He might steal 50 bases, but he also might get caught stealing 25 times. In I the love season. him. I love him. I love speed and stolen bases. And at least if you watch it, are they going to go? He's going, as opposed to, well, of course he's not going because he is, has a success rate of 71%, which is not statistically needed to that, 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 that. Run! Be fast! Try! Do something risky! And I'm all for it. I'm all for yeah. anything that does that. And I'm also for, let's keep the pace going here. Hey, you, we just demonstrated 30 seconds. You do a lot in 30 seconds. You could adjust a lot in your body, get a lot of signs, get set, and even throw the ball in and throw the ball back and still have five, six seconds left to spare. Let's keep it moving. Kind of like when you and I are doing this show, we like to keep it moving. Any parting thoughts? Yeah, I was just going to say my easy prediction for this year, teams with speed are going to kill this season. So once again, the homer call, watch out for the D-backs so they might be the fastest team in baseball this year. Well, there you go. There's our homework call of the day. And thanks so much for making Locked yeah. On MLB and Locked On Diamondbacks your first two listens of the day. For your third listen, check out Locked On Fantasy Baseball. Win your leagues by listening to Matt and Dom every day as they bring you the best fantasy draft strategies. Find Locked On Fantasy Baseball wherever you get your podcasts on YouTube. And you could listen to them, win your league, and say, once again, we're listening to the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day. That's right. That's right. Live reads don't get any smoother than that. (laughs) Did I start reading the wrong line? Yeah, maybe I did. Maybe I did. But you know what? That's how it works here. It's spring training. We're getting, I'm getting the arm loose. I'll tell you, by the time the season begins, my ad reads are going to be smooth. We've fallen right off the table. Hey, Miller Thomas, where can people follow you? Hey, you can follow me on Twitter for my personal account at CreatorThomas24. Follow the show account. Just type in Lockdown Dimebacks, both Twitter, Instagram for the podcast handle. We're on all your podcasting platforms. And please hit subscribe on the Lockdown Dimebacks YouTube channel. And you can follow us at Lockdown MLB Pods on Twitter and on Instagram. I'm your pal Sully. I'm at Sully Baseball on Twitter, Sully Baseball Podcast on Instagram. Talking about Manny Machado sticking around and that pitch clock winding down. This has been a Lockdown MLB Lockdown Diamondbacks crossover. I'm your host, Paul Francis Sullivan. That's Miller Thomas. Let's fist bump for another week.